Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Triathlete Podcast, the show where we discuss the personal fitness journeys of people around the world. Today, I have a really special guest with me, Sushil Mishra. Uh, Sushil's story is really interesting, and one of the list, one of the feedbacks I got from the listeners of the show was that while they were interested in people who were doing triathlons, they also wanted to hear about uh, people who were doing other things about for their fitness. And Sushil's story encapsulates that really well. Uh, so without further ado, uh, Sushil, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, as you said, my name is Sushil Mishra. And I mean, just like anyone who is listening, I'm just a normal person who who would want, who wanted to achieve a few dreams of being loved, having a good family, seeing the world. And yeah, I mean, like on every one of our list, on some money along with everything. So yeah, I mean, basically just like all of you guys, uh, simple and, and like that. Cool. So what is your experience with uh, fitness growing up? So while growing up, I was never a great fitness freak guy. Like I was bulky for most of my life. And I would say for the first time when I lost weight, it was when I when when I was um, getting married. At that time, I decided to lose some weight to look look good in the pictures and all those things. But yeah, I mean, I was never a never a good one uh, while growing up for the fitness. I was always bulky, and um, yeah, yeah, that's a very standard experience. I can testify to that myself. Uh, I'm. <laughs> Aspiring to still go back to my marriage weight, uh, which was more than 11 years ago. Uh, hopefully, I'll get there someday. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I tried losing weight after that also a couple of times. But every time I will lose it and after six months or so, whenever I will stop the activity, I will come back to the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, precisely, I think they call it the yo-yo phenomenon where, you know, all of us coming New Year's, we make the resolution to lose the weight and... <laughs> Uh, last for some time and then it all regresses back to our regular stuff. So I think we're all in the same journey and, and thanks for sharing that. Um, so yeah, what was, uh, what triggered the fitness spark in you? Yeah, so basically I got diagnosed of uh, diabetes in May 2021 and I really had a, uh, a very high A1C, like I was diagnosed with A1C of 11 for the people who for whom the number matters. And I mean, I knew what it is all about and I had the family history of diabetes. So I knew what it is to live with this thing. So, I mean, basically I started with walking and, and I knew that I had to improve my weight and kind of go from there to, to kind of uh, improve my life quality and, and expect a better life along with this diabetes thing. Interesting. And just if you don't mind me asking, what age were you when that diagnosis occurred? Oh, so it was like I was 38, basically, when, when I got diagnosed of it. Interesting, interesting. And did yeah. you have any other sort of symptoms of, you know, physical discomfort or anything of that nature? Oh, really? Uh, I mean, not any symptoms I had. It's just that, uh, I mean, one morning I decided to kind of test my blood sugar and uh, it, it it was more than 200 and next day I went to doctor to find out and basically uh, it, it, it they tested the A1C and it was pretty high. I mean, 
from coming from from India, we did not used to have the regular health checkups and all those things like the people over here are used to. Uh, that is why probably I never I never got tested it earlier and it was never in my mind that I had something like that because I did not had any other symptoms like people would sometimes have. So, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I think, again, a very common story we hear from a lot of our guests and a lot of people I speak with that, you know, general health checkup and general levels of fitness may not be a cultural part of the family you grew up in. Yep. Uh, and it kind of hits you in midlife uh, when out of the blue you have some of these strange issues and you don't know why they are and have to train yourself. So interesting. So that's what triggered it for you. And then you said you started walking as your first physical activity. So what was the evolution of that that journey? Yeah, so basically after I got diagnosed of it and the doctor started the medication, I mean, everyone who knows about diabetes, the first medication they will give you is metformin. So they started me on the medicine and um, I talked to a diabetic educator over here and and got to know. And meanwhile, I was reading a lot about what I had to do and, and what I should be doing. Uh, weight loss was always something that I knew about that, yeah, I had to do it. But at the same time, what else should be on my priority list? So what I figured out was basically I need a, a, a life change. I need a basically change in my uh, in my daily activity schedule that what I need to do, what I need to eat, what how do I need to go ahead and all those things. So yeah, I mean, in beginning, I started with a walk. I would just walk outside my community for maybe half an hour or so. And at that time, minded it, it used to be a struggle basically, like for walking half an hour and sometimes even a little bit of a grade I mean, today I would think it it might not have been even a 1% or 2% of a grade, but it is still, it, it used to be a struggle. And I would say after walking for a few days, maybe almost 15, 20 days or maybe a month or so, I got used to it. And then the next step that I took was like, I started um, biking inside the home or as they call it, the spinning. So then I really figured out that, okay, now I'm kind of getting pretty much used to this daily walking and, and it does not feel me like anything. So I was like, and I mean, it was COVID time. So literally everything was closed, no gyms, nothing. So then I, I mean, I used to hear about hiking and uh, one day there is a, there's a popular trail over here called Poo Poo Point. So I went there and I tried hiking that one. Um, Sadly, that day I was not able to complete it. I had to turn back half uh, half a mile ahead onto the trail and I realized, yeah, I was feeling that I was good, but it, it it's not that apparently that I am that good right now. I still need to work a lot. So yeah, I mean, that is how it all started, I would say. Interesting. How long is the Poopoo Point hike? Oh, Poopoo Point is, uh, for the numbers, it's like, uh, four miles round trip so you do two miles going up and elevation wise it's like 1600 feet of elevation mm -hmm. so yeah I mean when I say it today I don't feel those numbers to be that big but but my yeah I mean on that day on the first time it was really a big number and because I mean literally after half a mile there was a sitting area at that particular place I sat there I I thought I collected my thoughts for maybe five minutes or so. 
Then I walked another five steps and I saw trail literally going up like this. And I was like, and then I checked my phone back. How long is it still left? And I was like, okay, there's no way that I can complete it today. Maybe I'll walk for another five minutes or so. But then I knew that I was going to turn back at some point. So I was like, okay, better turn back from here. <laughs> it's one and the same thing. Yeah. Interesting. And maybe a week or later, I went for another hike, which is another very popular hike in this area called Rattlesnake Ledge. And that day I completed that hike and I was really happy about that. Okay. I at least could do something. And um, Interesting. this was all happening in, in June. And I think maybe a week later, uh, it was my birth birthday uh, on, on June 19. So I was there with another friend of mine and we again did rattlesnake ledge. And um, I mean, I he while we were talking, he just told me that he went other on on one of the last weekends to Poo Poo Point with some of his friends and he was telling me all the stories and I was like will you go back again with me I want something motivation so that when I think of going back from in between someone will be there okay we can do it and all that thing he said sure and yeah I mean I think uh, maybe two or three weeks from the first day when I when I had tried Poo Poo Point we went again and that day when we reached to the summit of that that trail. I was really happy at that day that, yeah, I can do it, basically. Wonderful. Interesting. Yeah. So what was happening with the diabetes through all of this? So my diabetes was always getting be better. Um, I read a lot about diabetes. I tried a lot of things on me. Like, um, I did different kind of, um, I would say, eating schedules. I would... I would I was fasting at at different intervals. Um, I won't say it it to be an intermittent fasting, but I was fasting uh, in a, on a different schedule. And I I got to know about something which is called as continuous glucose monitoring devices. I asked my doctor to prescribe that thing, and then I would literally try it with with everything. Like I will eat some snack, I will eat some food. I will I will walk maybe 10 minutes and I will check literally everything. What was what was the blood sugar count at the start of the activity? What was it after the end of the activity or whatever I ate or whatever I did? Even if I slept, I was checking every now and then. So, um, I mean, to the folks who think or who would agree that these the numbers that that device used to show, that may not be a real number, but I was using that to kind of get an understanding about how is the activity affecting um, the particular, uh, the, the blood sugar count, I would say. Because to me, what mattered was how is it affecting? I was not interested in the exact number or exactness okay. of the number, but okay. I was interesting, interested in how it was being affected, whether it makes it to go up, whether it makes it to go down what was going on so interesting. yeah by doing all those things i learned a lot about food and behavior and how was it affecting my body and all those things so yeah i mean that is how and and it always kept on getting better and i would want to add like i think three months or so i i got myself tested again in september and at that time it was i was in a healthy a1c and my doctor asked me uh, to stop all the medication 
That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so any nuggets that you learned about your diet that you could share with people? Like any surprises that came out uh, when you did all this experimentation? Yeah, I mean, so um, whosoever, like they, they are kind of a similar area of, of um reading or knowing or, or being affected by diabetes all of them will know generally that yeah you should be less on um on on the carbs and and um and sugar one very important thing which generally people are not aware about they say sugar as the real sugar thing they think if it has to be sweet to be sugar whereas it's it's not like that anything which says carbs is also actually sugar. It does not have to be sweet. Even the chapati, even the bread, anything that we have today has a sugar count. And um, to basically avoid or to basically fix, or rather I would say to make it proportionate to help everything that you are kind of eating. Uh, yeah, you may add upon uh, proteins or other things, but at the same time, what helps you best is the fiber content. So if you keep on increasing or if you eat those cereals which have more fiber content, it's going to help you a lot more than, than doing any other thing. For example, going on a keto, I, I, I can promise you that by my own experiments that uh, having carbs which are rich in fiber is going to help you more than following any keto diet. And yeah, I mean... This is what I'm saying as per what I what I experienced myself. It's some may call it scientific study or not. But yeah, I back it with what, what I experienced myself. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point because, you know, um, you know, different cultures, different ethnicities have different predisposition. I mean, even your genetic uh, heritage has some predisposition to respond yep. to certain foods some ways. And, you know, everybody needs to experiment on themselves um, uh, for what kind of food works for them. And also what kind of fitness activities. So I think in your case, you decided that hiking and walking I mean, starting with walking and then graduating to hiking was what really worked for you. But did you try any of the other standard swimming, gymming, running, uh, you know, all, all of the above, which maybe some of your friends were doing? Well, like I said, in beginning, gym was closed. So I did not have any of those options to go for, for swimming or, I mean, I've, I have never learned swimming. So that option was out for me. Gyms were closed. So a lot of those options were out. And like I told in the beginning, I was not a fitness freak. So I was never a runner. Actually, uh, whenever I had lost weight earlier, I used to walk a lot. So walking, I always liked because it was kind of a slow paced activity for me. But at the same time, I could do it for hours. Like I, I can literally walk for hours. And it also helps me because I can uh, turn around my neck and see what is happening around. What, how is the view? What, what am I seeing? Instead, in running, I would, I would be gasping for breath, and at the same time, I cannot see anywhere else. So yeah, I mean, those things were kind of um, never on my schedule, like running and those things. But um, I would say like. After walking, I started uh, that stationary biking inside the home. That is the another uh, thing I would want to add that, yeah, I I, I tried these two things primarily uh, before switching on to hiking. Interesting. And how did you measure your progress in fitness through these activities? 
I mean, so when I started hiking, like I told, like I was not able to complete the first hike. And after that, yeah, uh, once I was able to start going for the hikes, slowly and slowly, I I kind of uh, every time whenever go out for a hike, I will try to find something which was either longer than the last time or it had a higher elevation. And then once I kind of got used to, okay, I can I can really do any length or any elevation kind of thing at after that time i kind of starting getting into into the pace um and after some time like i was kind of trying to motivate myself towards uh making my average to be like two miles per hour kind of thing uh because that used to help me kind of calculate the time that I will tell at my home that, okay, I'm going out. This is, and I'll see that, okay, this long is this hike. And then I will try to calculate accordingly because earlier I did not used to have any calculations of the time because I really never knew that how much, how long will it take for me? But then that kind of too big being a whole number, I was like, okay, this, this will help me to kind of very much uh, count the time. And I tried to get along with that, that, okay, if I can manage my time like that, that will kind of help me. So, yeah. And so. I used to wear the watch. So that will also tell me how long did I took or uh, how, how much of calorie count it was, how much of my effort it was. So in those senses, some, some number or some performance starts I was picking up from there. But majority of the time it was, I would say, by by trying to figure out, okay, did I come late today or was I on time? <laughs> Simple, simplest solution, uh, no technology required. That's yeah, amazing. exactly. Uh, but you touched upon a very uh, important aspect of, of anybody's fitness journey, which is, uh, you know, setting the expectations with family. So how did you think about prioritizing time for your own fitness versus prioritizing time with, with family? Yeah, so... So this was an important thing because uh, when I got diagnosed with diabetes and I was like, I knew that this is a lifelong affair basically. So, and and I mean, uh, the people who know about diabetes, it itself may not be a disease, but it kind of causes a lot of other ailments and, and other diseases, which may be life-threatening also. So I was like... Um, yeah, I love my family. I love my daughter. I love my wife. But at the same time, what is the common in between all of them? It was I who was the common. So I decided that, yeah, I have to be there, first of all, uh, to, to make all these things count. And then I made myself to be my own priority. And that is when I decided that, yeah, it, it needs to start with myself and that is when everything else will count so i told them that basically yeah i i once i started hiking i told in my family to my wife yeah she was not really happy along with it but at the same time uh, in the overall picture uh, she understood that this is kind of going to help uh, all of us that yeah we uh, i remain healthy and everything so because we skipped a lot of social things, we would skip going to lunches and dinners and all those things because I completely devoted my uh, weekends to be hiking only things unless it was something very critical that I cannot avoid. Mm -hmm. uh, it was always, uh, my weekends was always on some or other hike. Interesting. 
Yeah. It's a very deep insight, I think, to say that you are at the center of every other relationship of your family. So unless you are happy and healthy, you know, it'll be difficult to have those relationships uh, exactly you know, progress in the right way. So very well put. And I can totally understand where you're coming from. So has the journey been smooth sailing for you? Or were there times when you felt like, oh, man, I, I can't work this hard and this is too much? Uh, I would not say it has been always a smooth sailing. I mean, uh, people who know about the PNW weather would definitely know that that is the first thing that does not help. Uh, <laughs> a number of times I got to hear from people that uh, there is never a bad weather, rather there is bad gear or bad, bad clothes, those kind of things. But at the end of it, everything plays on your own mind. Whatever someone else says is, is, is their saying. But yeah, I'm not someone who likes rainy day hikes. Uh, so those things along with a number of times it would be uh, after I after I kind of got a lot into hiking, sometimes I would feel that uh, when I will go on weekdays also, I will be like a little bit on the sore side on the next day. And sometimes I would think that did I do, did I, did I kind of overstretch myself or something like that? Um, but yeah, always, uh, what, what made me kind of get back into it was, um, that there is a big community over here, uh, and, and in these days of social media, um, everyone kinds of, uh, motivates us as well as helps us by seeing what others are doing and these kind of things. But uh, in a just, yes, I would say it was never a rosy thing <laughs> getting up. And especially when you want to see a sunrise, waking up at 4 a.m., it's not an easy thing. Oh, man, I would love to see sunrise these days, man. It's uh, I need more sun in my life. Uh, for listeners, <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah, so she's mentioned the weather in the PNW, PNW Pacific Northwest here in the U.S., which is very rainy. So that's what he was referring to. Uh, but yeah, speaking of Pacific Northwest, you recently scaled Mount Rainier. Do you want to tell the listeners about that experience? Sure. So this is this is actually uh, a story. Um, basically, in in uh, initial part, or I would say for six months, I used to be mainly a solo hiker, and and one day in, in the month of November, or uh, some yeah, in in November. Uh, someone asked on a Facebook group about hiking mailbox and um, we four people kind of uh, joined together and we hiked mailbox. Um, the person who asked for it, her name is Ranju. And um, after that, I hiked a couple of times more with her. And one day she asked me, will you want to summit Rainier? And... I was like at that time, so there are a couple of apps that we look hikes and, and their stats. So I had looked the numbers of Mount Rainier and it was like some maybe eight miles, eight or nine miles, something like that. And probably like 9,000 feet of elevation. I was like, yeah, I have done mailbox few times. So mailbox is like um, two and a half miles uh, and 4,000 of elevation. So in re realistically, if you double the elevation, it's basically kind of rainier. That that's what I calculated in my mind, and I was like, 
yeah sure we can do it and at that time i did not know what i was uh, getting into i really did not know about it requires training it requires guides it requires a special gear and all that thing i just thought yeah it's it's a simple hike it's just a hike i won't say simple but i said i thought in my mind it's it's just a hike and i said yes but yeah then i mean we trained for it um, we we kind of got along we trained for it uh, we got a we got a reservation with rmi to do it in july of 2022 we went ahead but at the first uh, instance when we tried we were not able to summit rainier um, and uh, it it was yeah it was not a happy feeling at that time but then within a month or so and we retried it in august same year 2022 and and with the help of some some very nice friends we both were able to summit mount rainier in august 22 and yeah it oh, was fantastic. it was an awesome feeling congratulations man and 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 what had gone wrong in the first try oh uh, so with me earlier i never used to get any cramps or anything but that day starting from the paradise itself on the way to hike to camp moor within maybe a mile or so itself i started getting really bad cramps and and literally i could not walk uh, two steps even uh, when i got cramps and i sat there for some time i drank uh, some electrolytes and then i was i kind of uh, prepared myself to to hike up and um yeah uh, i i kind of tried all that i had in me um, to reach to camp moor and then in the we got 4 5 hours break um because the 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 summit hike that they do is generally it generally starts in night time like we start at 10 or 11 pm uh, basically to hike in the night and to reach to the summit by the morning so i had 4 5 hours time in between Uh, all during that time i was drinking electrolytes and and going out to pee in that <laughs> on the camp moor <laughs> basically so but yeah i mean i fell short of 1000 feet i went uh, rainier is all like 14400 feet i was probably at 13500 when i had to pull back that yeah i i cannot take it further basically it was really oh, bad cramps that day oh boy Well, yeah. I'm glad you had the grit and the gumption to show up the next month and find people to take you up there and so happy that that you managed to summit the peak. Yeah, it was it was really awesome. Uh, the next time when we summited. Amazing. So I'm not too familiar with the hiking community and how they operate, but is there competition in the hiking community? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how should I say it? Uh <laughs> so there are different groups actually like really different groups uh, people are there of all different skill level um, so sometimes there are uh, competition like the friendly competition in between the people uh, there are a lot of people who are just there for for showing up that particular day enjoying the weather enjoying the summit if they are going to some mountain enjoying the food if they are uh, sometimes pe- people even do a uh, kind of a picnic hikes and all those things so yeah i mean there are there's lot of good thing even when the competitiveness is there uh, when we try to do okay this is what i want to do can you do it or not kind of things 
so yeah i mean there are a lot of things there there are good competition among the hikers also i would say interesting <laughs> yeah nice yeah maybe i'll experiment with that at some point mm-hmm. um cool so i mean i find your story so relatable i mean parts of your story are echoed in my life as well you know having this whole midlife you know realizing that you're not really feeling good and you know health metrics are going south so i think there are a lot of people out there who will probably resonate with your story any advice for them somebody in your position who's not sure how to start their fitness journey what would you suggest to them see i would say uh, if if it starts with uh, with a situation that i was in like for example diabetes it's something that that's never going to end um by never going to end what i mean is um so yeah i mean for for all this time since september 2021 i've been able to to keep myself out of any medications and all those things uh but it has not always been a journey which is which is on the good side like for example i recently uh, in the month of um, august i uh, this year itself i went to india i was eating everything literally because it was like family time and and i went to india after a long time and um, it was literally no activity time for me so no walking no hiking nothing there and and eating all kind of things uh, i came back and i did a test of a1c in september uh, and it was kind of boundary line i was at 5.7 it should be anything less than 5.7 i was on 5.7 i was happy also but worried also at the same time happy because yeah i knew that i did not do anything still it is only boundary line so yeah i can manage it not happy because uh it's it was getting on the worst side so i decided okay i mean i know how to do it so i i got back into what i was doing like uh, walking and hiking on on um, regular days kind of things and kind of adjusting my food habits here and there and i and in december itself i came back to 5.4 which is perfectly a normal thing right now for me so what i would want to say is um, whatever it is that you guys are trying to do um, whether you are trying to uh, get for get ready for a competition whether you are trying to get yourself better whether you are trying to go for uh, any other objective it everything is doable i would say just go out and and try to enjoy and there is so much to to seek around there's so much to seek motivation there's so much to achieve uh maybe you will not get to summit today but tomorrow you will definitely get get there um so don't be scared of anything start slow and keep moving forward nice great words and that's a great note on which we can end the show uh thank you so much sushil for sharing your story in so much detail super inspiring for me and i'm sure many of our listeners so hope to see you around in seattle sometime yeah thank you right. bye bye bye